Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Bird Watchers General Store. For Lean's Cape Cod, birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By Birds and Beans Shade Grown Bird Friendly Coffee. Birdsandbeans.com. And proudly sponsored by Ocean State Bird Club. Ocean State Bird Club loves talking birds. Every month we invite you to see the latest avian activity around Rhode Island on one of our free walks. Check out our schedule on our website, OceanStateBirdClub.org. And follow us on Facebook for the latest and greatest in birding that Rhode Island has to offer. Ocean State Bird Club. Good morning. Welcome to our show, number 734 want to start off with a thank you to the folks at National Public Radio for welcoming yours truly as a guest on the Saturday, June 29th edition of NPR's Weekend Edition Saturday. You can hear my chat with guest host Sarah McCammon on the topic of birds and fireworks via the NPR.org website or through our Talking Birds Facebook page. And Mike O'Connor will have a little something to say on the topic of birds and fireworks a little later on this morning. Birding festivals, anyone? That's what I thought. We've learned from our friends at Tucson Audubon about the big Southeast Arizona Birding Festival beginning on August 7th. Recent Talking Birds show guest Laura Erickson will be among the guest speakers at the festival during what's known as Southeast Arizona's second spring. It's when late summer prevailing winds bring moisture from the west coast of Mexico, sparking the growth of new wildflowers in the desert and grasslands, and also starting up breeding for local bird specialties like Montezuma quail. Sounds like a pretty cool destination. That's the Southeast Arizona Birding Festival in Tucson, August 7th through the 11th. Southeast Arizona is also an amazing place for hummingbirds. And there are other locations around the country that are planning to celebrate hummers. For example, in Connersville, Indiana, the Hummingbird Migration Celebration will happen on August 10th. In Henderson, Minnesota, you can join in the Henderson Hummingbird Hurrah on August 17th. Also on August 17th, you could take part in the Hummingbird Festival and Nature Celebration in Beecher, Illinois. And in Fort Davis, Texas, it's the Davis Mountains Hummingbird Celebration from August 22nd through August 25th. And then there were cranes. Or rather, there will be cranes in Steamboat Springs in Hayden, Colorado from August 29th through September 1st when the Yampa Valley Crane Festival will be underway. Correction, 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 correction. This this is a correction, is a correction. Yeah, a little correction here in case you were looking for the podcast of last week's show and had trouble finding it. It's it's because we mislabeled it for reasons that are not clear as April 23rd instead of June 23rd. It's there where you normally would find it. It just has the wrong date on it and we weren't able to uh, fix it. Sorry about that. Okay, please raise your hand if you've heard of Explorovision. Well, somebody wants us to know about it, and that somebody is... Bill Nye the Science Guy. Bill Nye the Science Guy. Bill, Bill, Bill. Yeah, Bill Nye the Science Guy has been guiding... 
the Explorer Vision program for more than a decade. It's a competition for K through 12 students that tackles real world problems by presenting challenges to young scientists to create inspiring technology and science projects, including environmental ideas. And is Bill optimistic about the future based on what he sees young people doing about the environment through things like Explorer Vision? Here's what he says about that. I am very optimistic. I tell you, I mean, although I get uh, riled up, I am very optimistic. When you come to Explorer Vision and see what these young people are doing, people in kindergarten, third grade, sixth grade, let alone high school, these people are extraordinary. Well, I hope they change the world. Is that, is that a big, is that uh, too small a goal? <laughs> Uh, Not too small, Bill. Not too small. It's great to hear Bill Nye's optimism, but as he says, he does get riled up about things like the following. In our birds and fireworks chat, we talked briefly about the plastic debris that rains down on the ball fields and beaches from where fireworks are launched, much to the detriment of birds and other creatures who mistake that plastic for food, especially birds and other animals away from shore in our oceans where so much plastic trash ends up. But there's one place where creatures are not likely to be ingesting any plastic at all. That would be in the Gulf of Mexico's dead zone, along part of the coasts of Louisiana and Texas. And that would be because pretty much nothing can live there, since the water holds too little oxygen to sustain marine life. And the dead zone is growing, in part because of the abnormally high amount of spring rainfall in many parts of the Mississippi River watershed, which has led to record amounts of fertilizer and other nutrients washing downriver. The nutrients feed the algae, which die and then decompose on the seafloor, using up oxygen from the bottom up in the dead zone. When the measurements are completed this year, the dead zone is expected to cover an area the size of the state of Massachusetts or the entire country of Slovenia. By the way, according to the Virginia Institute of Marine Science, evidence suggests that global climate change will act to increase the prevalence and negative impacts of low-oxygen dead zones. And above the water surface, new stats confirm that global carbon emissions increased the most in seven years in 2018, continuing the fastest change in the climate since the end of the last ice age some 10,000 years ago. Meanwhile, President Trump recently proclaimed that climate change, quote, changes both ways, end quote, and that the United States has, quote, among the cleanest climates, end quote. And EPA Administrator Andrew Andrew Wheeler is blaming the media for scaring people about climate change, even as 97% of scientists all over the world say that climate change is real, is happening now, and is caused primarily by human activity. Extra, extra, read all about it. Here are some of the stories and videos we have for you on our Facebook page this week. Why is a crow in Japan posing and looking like a gorilla? We have the video courtesy of geek.com along with an explanation. The crow is okay. How seabird guano may save coral reefs. Whatever it takes, right? We'll link you to the story from Forbes.com. 
And how finch singing contests in New York are being fueled by illegal bird smuggling and an ornithologist's simple idea for a potential solution. That's some of what we have on our Facebook page right now. Don't forget you can also find those stories through an online search. That is the sound of our mystery bird. Our mystery bird, we'll give you some clues here, is a preview of our mystery bird contest coming along a little bit later on in the show. Our mystery bird is a large shorebird with a long, thin bill, a dark, slightly upturned tip to the bill, and long, dark legs. In breeding plumage, it has a chestnut-colored back that's gray in the winter. It's recognized in flight by broad white wing stripes and a black and white tail. Our bird breeds in northern Canada and Alaska, migrates through the Great Plains in spring, and winters in South America. That's a preview of our mystery bird in terms of the clues and the sound, and our prizes include the Droll Yankees Observer Window Feeder. Everybody loves this feeder. You attach it right to your kitchen window or any window you like. You could put it on your car window. No, that wouldn't be a good idea, but you can see the birds right up close with an unobstructed view, and uh, it's perfect for putting in seed or fruit or suet or mealworms. That's the Observer Window Feeder from Droll Yankees, makers of the world's best bird feeders. Plus, a download to your iOS device or online access to the LarkWire app, the app that makes learning bird sounds a game. Prizes there on our mystery bird contest. That's coming up in a little bit. We would now like to announce the grand prize winner of our second annual Talkin' Birds Make Your Own Swag contest. Our winner's name was chosen at random from among all entries received through the use of actual slips of paper in an officially designated Talkin' Birds prize drawing baseball cap. And the winner is Bonnie Everett from Sutton's Bay, Michigan. Yeah. Congratulations, Bonnie. We'll be sending Bonnie a pair of Zeiss 8x42 Terra binoculars. And may they help you sight many great birds, Bonnie. Meanwhile, thanks to everyone who sent in make-your-own-swag entries. There were lots of them, and they were great, with photos, for example, from Sue wearing a Talking Birds patch on her hat while she looked for puffins and other seabirds on a boat off the coast of Maine. And from Jim, displaying his patch while birding in Jerusalem. From Mary, showing her swag while monitoring shorebirds in Pennsylvania's Presque Isle State Park. And from Lori, displaying her talking birds patch on her dress while she attended a wedding in Delaware. That's pretty cool, and there were so many more. Thanks to all who entered the second annual Talking Birds Make Your Own Swag contest. Now here's our conservation salute of the week. It goes to the 633 scuba divers in South Florida who just broke the Guinness World Record for the largest underwater trash cleanup. According to the South Florida Sun Sentinel, the divers converged last Saturday morning for the Dixie Divers annual cleanup near the Deerfield Beach International Fishing Pier. A Guinness judge made a trip from New York City to do the official headcount, which established a new record, beating the previous mark held by Ahmed Gamer, 
a former Egyptian Army scuba diver, and his team of 614 divers cleaning up trash in the Red Sea in Egypt in 2015. We're not sure how much trash was collected there in Florida, but diver and environmentalist R.J. Harper, who helped recruit divers for the event, said they recovered 1,600 pounds of lead fishing weights alone. That, according to the Talking Birds Arithmetic Department, represents something like 8,500 three-ounce sinkers. So congratulations to all of the 633 scuba divers breaking a record and making the ocean just a little bit cleaner down there in Deerfield Beach, Florida. And speaking of the Sunshine State, Bach Hoofline from Aventura, Florida, is among the Talking Birds listeners we'd like to thank this week for becoming Talking Birds Ambassadors, thereby allowing us to send them some of our info cards for handing out to their friends and neighbors to help spread the word about our show and about birds and conservation. Bach says, I recently moved back to Florida and would like to get a birding social club started. Meeting the right people is the finest and first way to get a meeting on the board. He says, using your show and cards to get a conversation going out on the trail could be the beginning of a beautiful relationship. That's pretty cool. Thank you, Bach. And thanks to Dickie from Situate, Massachusetts, a beautiful seaside community just down the road from our Talking Bird studio. Thank you, Dickie. Thank you to Bruce McGregor from Brunswick in Melbourne, Australia. I guess McGregor is really how you say it there. Uh, this is a little bit of an inside job. Bruce happens to be our own Freya McGregor's dad. Well, thank you, Bruce, for becoming a Talking Birds Australian ambassador, joining the Talking Birds family, which, of course, includes a member of your family. And thanks to Peggy B. from Spout Spring, Appomattox County, in the Piedmont region of the great Commonwealth of Virginia. Thank you so much, Peggy. Talking Birds listeners, you are most cordially invited to join Peggy and Bruce and Bach and Dickie as a Talking Birds ambassador. Easy to do. Just click on the contact button at TalkingBirds.com and choose the Become an Ambassador option. That's the Become an Ambassador option via the contact button at TalkingBirds.com. No G in talking. But meanwhile, we received a note from our friend and Talking Birds ambassador, Bill Bertke, down in Independence, Kentucky. He says, in part, Your podcast has inspired me to step up my game in the realm of birding. I have created a new identity to my birding life. He calls it BLINK, which is an acronym for Bird Life in Northern Kentucky. With that, Bill says, comes a new Facebook page featuring a bird of the week, my photography, and information sharing from news articles and whatnot. I'm also creating a YouTube page to go along with it, featuring my videos of birds, particularly them singing. Birding has taken its summer turn, so it seems. Tons of cardinals and blue jays and goldfinches. It's been extremely wet in the Cincinnati area over the month of June, which has kept the birds singing instead of hiding from the heat. Thank you, Bill, and congratulations on all that. And we will get a link to your page up on ours ASAP. Still to come on our show today, we'll catch up with our man Mike O'Connor in our Let's Ask Mike segment. Mike will offer his thoughts as we approach 
the 4th of July and a topic we mentioned a few moments ago, birds and fireworks. And up next, one of the most graceful flyers on the planet is today's featured feathered friend, presented by Birdwatching Magazine. For more than a quarter century, Birdwatching has been North America's premier magazine about wild birds and birding. Picture this, a bird that while flying hardly ever flaps its wings, but while flying rotates its tail, sometimes almost to 90 degrees from the horizontal to control its direction, make a sharp turn, or to carve tight circles as it drifts gracefully through the skies. And if you're fond of eating on the run, you have a kindred spirit in this bird which likes to eat on the fly happily chomping away on insects or lizards which it plucks from the treetops. It's a bird with swallow in its name, even though it's a medium-sized hawk. It's the swallow-tailed kite. A summer inhabitant of the southeast United States and South America in the winter, look for it flying high above and identify it by its striking black and white coloring. A white head and body long, thin, pointed, mostly black wings, and a long, forked, swallow-like black tail. This is one spectacular-looking bird, and it sounds like this. The Swallow-Tailed Kite. Today's Talkin' Birds featured Feathered Friend. Welcome again to our show, number 734. People ask us, do you have a website? Well, yes. Yes, we do. It's TalkinBirds.com. No G in Talkin'. And we invite you to visit, and we hope you will follow us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram at TalkinBirds. Uh, let's see. Our mystery bird contest. Uh, did we just do that? No, we didn't do that yet. We'll have our mystery bird contest in just one minute. Hello, I'm Ed Begley Jr., and wherever you call home, the sounds of wildlife connect you with a greater family of life. That's why you shudder each time you see woods, marshes, meadows, or grasslands being destroyed. You know that countless birds and other wild animals are losing their homes, the greatest threat to their survival. Among the growing number of threats to wildlife, habitat loss is the most devastating. The Humane Society Wildlife Land Trust offers a humane solution working with private landowners to protect habitat as permanent safe havens for wildlife. When you hear the familiar wild voices you love, remember, your voice is the one that can speak for wildlife and for the land they call home, ensuring that it stays forever wild. To learn more, to work with the Humane Society Wildlife Land Trust, visit wildlifelandtrust.org. Well, this would be the sound of our mystery bird It's a large shorebird with a long, thin bill with a dark, slightly upturned tip and long, dark legs. In breeding plumage, it has a chestnut-colored back that's gray in the winter. It's recognized in flight by broad white wing stripes and a black and white tail. Our bird breeds in northern Canada and Alaska, migrates through the Great Plains in spring and winters in South America. What is it? Tell us and you'll win some really nice prizes. 
or take a guess and you might win anyhow if nobody gets the exactly correct answer. So give us the answer or take a stab at 781-837-4900, 781-837-4900. Prizes include the Droll Yankees Observer Window Feeder from Droll Yankees, makers of the world's best bird feeder, the feeder that lets you see the birds up close with an unobstructed view. Bonus prize, a download to your iOS device or online access to the LarkWire app, the app that makes learning bird sounds a game. 781-837-4900 is the number. As always, we urge you to call as soon as you can uh, so we have time for our mystery bird contest. 781-837-4900 would be the number. And up next, Mike O'Connor from the legendary Birdwatchers General Store on Cape Cod will join us for Let's Ask Mike live in just one minute. Talking Birds, we're for the birds. And we want to say thanks to another Talking Birds ambassador who's helping to spread the word about birds and conservation. My name is Steve, and I'm calling from Stockholm, Wisconsin. My name is William, and I'm calling from Stockholm, Wisconsin. I first knew that Will would really like Talking Birds because of his love for birds. He loves nature, he loves the outdoors. My favorite place to go birding is Whitefish Point. I found a new bird there every time we've gone. We listen to Talking Birds as a family every Sunday morning. Talking Birds listeners, we hope you'll become a Talking Birds ambassador. Just visit our website, talkingbirds.com. Click on the contact button and then choose the Become an Ambassador option. We'll send you some info cards to hand out to your friends and neighbors. That's the contact button at talkingbirds.com. And thanks. We do our show here on Sunday mornings from 9.30 to 10 Eastern. That's when the show is live. And that means today is the 30th of June. It's almost 4th of July. And we'll talk about birds and fireworks with Mike O'Connor, who's with us right now. Good morning, Mike. Hey, good morning, hey. Ray. And congratulations to Bonnie. I can't believe I didn't win the prize this year, but good for her. Did you send us a picture? Oh, I was supposed uh, to do that? It's a minor detail. Uh, you know, i gotta, I got to read the rules sometimes. Better luck next year. <laughs> well, Mike, you love fireworks. I love fireworks. Almost everybody loves fireworks, but it's what? Kind of a guilty pleasure because birds don't like fireworks very much at all. It really is a guilty pleasure. Yeah. You know, like there's, there's certain things that are environmentally friendly. I think, uh, you know, that I'm not... A, I don't participate in, I don't like big SUVs, I don't eat meat, so when they say that's not good for the environment, I can get on board with that, but I do like fireworks, and yeah. you know, it's one of those things I, I, I don't feel comfortable about, because I know there's some downsides, it's like, it's like reading the calorie content on a pint of Ben and Jerry's, if you don't look at it, it doesn't <laughs> seem so bad, but then when you look at it, it's like, oh my god, what am I doing? Yeah, don't look at it. Fireworks. Like, there's a big downside, uh, they're a bit of a pollutant, that, you know, there's toxins in there and all that, but talk about the birds yeah that's a problem that's a big problem i think i heard your radio show oh, very good last night by the way or oh, yesterday morning um but it, you brought a lot, a lot of good points you know they use fireworks they to scare birds away from crops or yeah. airports these things are kind of bad for birds and you know there's no easy answer for this um i guess my recommendation is to support if you're gonna if you like fireworks you know, it, to, to support um, municipalities when they have them, because yeah. you think I think at least they've. 
paid attention. They put them in less, sen- hopefully, less sensitive birding areas. Uh, they put them in areas where they're not going to cause pollution. Hopefully, you know, at least there's some rules put into place, and you know, and you know, get use less like homemade fireworks. I know Massachusetts. They're illegal. A lot of places they're not. But even in Massachusetts, everybody looks the other way on the 4th of July. But, you know, I've got a, net, I got a yard full of baby birds. Mm-hmm. And they're just, the parents are feeding them. And, you know, last night the neighbors are shooting off fireworks. And, you know, the parents will take off or the babies get scared. And, you know, I don't know. It's, it's dark. Do they, get, do they get back together? I kind of hope, hope they do. Um, but, yeah, that, that's, that would be my concern is um, kind of support... If you're going to do fireworks, then, you know, talk to the town or wherever you go and just make sure they're kind of doing it right and following the rules and they're doing it in less environmentally sensitive areas. Right. You know, uh, we talked about the fact that, you know, the sound of fireworks is a big part of the attraction, but there are places that are trying silent fireworks. There's a place in Italy that's doing that and some other places. The Galapagos Islands has banned fireworks unless they're silent. They can still have fireworks down there so i, I don't know that's kind of it's not the same though unless you have that but, is, well here's what a lot of places yeah. are doing and this is a nice alternative is uh, laser light shows yes you know they have those and they're, they're fabulous they're really really cool i've seen them at first night in boston and stuff and that yeah. might be a nice alternative because the good thing about fireworks is they bring people together, right? Yeah. You know, geez, I used to love walking down with the family, and everybody's walking down with the big crowds of people from all over the and getting together and watching. Well, you could do the same thing with something, mm-hmm. perhaps a little less. There, there are alternatives, and you know, people that are into community work could chat with the community leaders and see if they can come up with something a, a little bit better. Because I think, like the Ben and Jerry's carton, there's, a, <laughs> there's some downsides to this, and if you look into it a little bit more, you might find them, but you also might find some better alternatives. Almost forgot, Mike, before we before we go, we had that question from uh, Kim in Northern Virginia that I wanted to get to. We promised we'd have her, uh, have you ask, uh, have, uh, we promised we would ask you uh, this question. She says, we put a blue box. I shouldn't have started this. This was a big mistake. Uh, we put a bluebird box in our yard last year, and we're so fortun- uh, fortunate that we had a bluebird couple inhabit it. Then they came back this year. We did not clean the box out last year, but are wondering if we should clean it out once they leave for the winter this time. Um, yes, you should clean it out, Kim. Um, and we can kind of get into that when we have a little bit more time next week. But, yeah, clean it out, and I'll tell you how to do it and, and reasons why. Um, definitely next week, and, and you could rehearse the question a little bit more between now and yeah, then. Yeah, yeah, thanks for making a question out of that and answering it. We appreciate that. <laughs> Talk to you next week, Mike. Happy Fourth, everybody. All right, we're back here at the Mystery Bird Contest. Let's see if we can do this. Uh, 781-837-4900 is the number, and we're going uh, where, Tim? Are we going to, um, it looks like Mike in Kennesaw, Georgia. Uh, good morning, Mike. Are you there, Mike? Trying to connect with Mike in Kennesaw, Georgia. I think maybe... Oh, that didn't sound... That sounded like a hang-up. He must have heard me trying to do that other piece just now and said, I can't deal Ray, with this. I'm oh, here. Oh, there you are. Thank you, Mike. Oh, oh thank you. How are you? <laughs> Doing well. Kennesaw, Georgia. What can you tell us quickly about Kennesaw? Um, it's just outside of Atlanta, uh, next to or near uh, Kennesaw Mountain National Historic Park, mm-hmm. um, where one of the Civil War battles was fought. Indeed. Well, Mike, you heard our clues and uh, the sound of our mystery bird. Uh, what do you think that bird uh, might have been? 
A Hudsonian Godwit? Tim, a Hudsonian Godwit? Yes! Yes, he says. Awesome. We have a winner. Up. Applause is arriving. It's the whole thing there. Hudsonian Godwit. Absolutely correct. Uh, Mike, Great. thank you so much. Thanks for calling in from Kennesaw and um, stay on the line. And Tim, we'll get your address and we'll send you some, uh, some nifty prizes. Well, thank you. I enjoy your program. Thank you so much, Mike. Mike in Kennesaw, Georgia, correctly identifying the Hudsonian Godwit as our mystery bird, and we are out of time. Next week, we'll try to answer the question, what's it like to teach third graders about birds and conservation? We'll do that when we welcome friend of the show, Kevin South, who does that educating out in Roseburg, Oregon. Thanks to our amazing Talking Birds team, Debbie Bleacher, Freya McGregor, and our producing engineer, Tim McKenney. We're playing happy birthday for you, Tim, but... Uh, oh, thank you. We didn't... Can we still hear it? No. Well, here it comes. Happy birthday to you. <laughs> happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Tim. Happy birthday to Customized and everything. Wow, thank we'll see you, you next week. Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Birdwatchers General Store. Orleans Cape Cod. Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By Birds and Beans Shade-Grown Bird-Friendly Coffee. Birdsandbeans.com. And proudly sponsored by Ocean State Bird Club. Ocean State Bird Club loves talking birds. Every month we invite you to see the latest avian activity around Rhode Island on one of our free walks. Check out our schedule on our website, OceanStateBirdClub.org. And follow us on Facebook for the latest and greatest in birding that Rhode Island has to offer. Ocean State Bird Club.